All right, Michael, unmute yourself. You ready? And do you have headphones that you can put in? Actually, I don't, um, Catherine. So will that be an issue? No, it just... Um, it just cuts down some of the background noise, but that's okay. Okay. How are you feeling this um this afternoon? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm amazing. You know, um, I got to rise another day. Absolutely. That's that's what's up. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. The um, I'm glad we got a chance to connect and. And, and have a chance to chat, so. For sure, I'm really um, kind of had no control over the other video. Right. So right. when I wanted to post that one, you know, cause I was doing them in sequential order. I was like, oh, where's that? Was that the real team? Right, right. So um, let's just um, start talking about, um, your story, you know, what, what led you here? Okay. Um, a little bit background about myself. It's been 20 years in the real estate market here in Atlanta. I started my real estate career in, in the commercial space, opening up uh, AT&T stores. Um, with that, it, it, it was a, it was a, steep learning curve to jump in and jump in on the commercial side um, back in 2001. Um, since then, I have uh, obviously put the residential component to it, uh, to what we offer, as well as uh, we're in the process of opening our own office over in West Midtown. Okay. So it's, it's, it's been a uh, really a rewarding uh, to see some of the people that just don't know about the real estate space, that 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 land and, and how much home ownership or any kind of ownership can change the trajectory of their uh, situations. So it's re rewarding from that perspective. So how do you get that message across? How do you find those individuals to really, you know, give them an understanding of what home ownership is? Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, educational sessions um, all the time where we just invite anybody and, and they can learn about different home loan options. Um, first, they, some may think, I don't have enough money to put down. So we have to educate them and start them at the very basics of understanding um, that you don't necessarily need 20% down. There's programs out there that, that can aid people in getting uh, where they want to go. We just have to find out where they are, meet them where they are, and help them get to where they're going. Um, there's programs and there's uh, tons of options out here in terms of uh, programs. And the interest rates being at an attractive level for the last 15 months has helped, helped also usher in a new, a new pool of buyers. So it's, uh, it's, uh, getting those people in and, and doing them over Zoom sometimes, but 
our office is opening next month and, and we hope that we can start to have more in-person education opportunities. We have something what we call the, the discussion at our office. The mm -hmm. discussion will be once a month right now and then we'll have it more frequently. And that discussion will bring in uh, professionals um, that will talk about affordable housing. So we hear that term all the time, but what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. So what we'll do is bring in professionals that will um, answer any questions, dispel any myths, and really educate people on the fundamentals of what this affordable housing endeavor entails. Uh, what is for, affordable housing? So basically, um, affordable housing allows um, property owners to allocate a certain portion of their properties for affordable housing and get some incentives from, um, from the city. Invest Atlanta is an organization that monitors um, those incentives as well as, as well as Partner for Home. Partner for Home is a organization also that uh, on the development side, those developers that are looking to um, put in projects and have affordable housing as a component, then they will be obviously incentivized to do that. So that they have a certain portion. And, and right now it's a very low number. It's 10%, say it's 10 units. 10% of that, 10% uh, of that building has to be affordable housing to qualify for the incentives. So that's just one unit right now, but that's the components of the affordable housing strategy to, to allow more people um, that may or may not have qualified for those uh, properties to be in, in, uh, in a position to, to live there um, at a reduced rate. So. Okay, um, and so what do you say that most of your clients are? Are they, um, you know, an older generation, you know, Gen Z, Gen X? Um, who do you see coming to purchase or, or, yeah. or wanting the information? Great question, Stephanie. Great question. You see all these apartment complexes coming up mm -hmm. all over the place, and it seems like an influx of, of apartments have come and not so much single-family communities mm -hmm. because their uh, Gen Xs are the largest segment of the population right now. Mm. So those are the people that they are really targeting on these apartment complexes. These apartment complexes are, my estimation, they are really- For Gen Z. Say again? For Gen Z, Generation Z? Gen Z, yes. Mm -hmm. are, 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 they, they really are the people that are driving the discussion, the economic discussion about housing right now. Um, it's been estimated at 31. They are, they are, they have six jobs, six at 31 years old. That's a paradigm shift from where we came from. At 31, we was still on our first job, perhaps, or maybe starting to look for us, but it's been estimated at six jobs at 31. So they are really moving, moving around and they are not as committed uh, to a particular place. That's why the Uber generation has, has, has been beneficial. Some don't even have cars because they don't want to commit to that. 
They don't want to commit to that. Beautiful. You know, they don't want to commit to that, but I do see they do want to commit to owning properties, not necessarily, and still living in an apartment. I do see that they want Airbnbs. Are you addressing these um, these new uh, segments in the market where there's a, a, a need? Yes, I I, uh, I see that Airbnb just like the apartment scenario in that they're just they just don't want to commit to some one particular place so they can Airbnb here and an Airbnb there and then they not necessarily committed to one specific place which is different from what we have been experienced um, in our generation in that buy a home, get some equity, uh, start to uh, have a trajectory of planning your retirement, um, those kinds of things. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just different, right? It's, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. that they feel that um, they may not want to necessarily commit uh, to a, a long-term situation so our job as as in the real estate space professionals is that hey okay if that's your strategy then okay purchase it and you're the airbnb landlord in this situation um so that you have a place when you want a place and you don't you can airbnb something else if you if you don't want to have your house um if you don't want this property long-term, but while you're in it, you, you build enough equity and those Airbnb clients are having to, uh, to pay your mortgage. So mm -hmm. um, there are still ways around that to get the conversation in a way that's really more productive than them just throwing $1,500, $2,000 a month in the, in the Airbnb space and then not necessarily being in an equitable position. That's uh, what I see at, at later, later stages of their lives. It's all about the equity position you are. You know, I'm in my 50s now. What's that equity position look like in mm -hmm. terms of assets and your liabilities? How does doing what you're doing now in your 30s, how does that impact that? So we have some real life discussions. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have in something at all. It's called the discussion. And it's going to be around that very topic. Why are millennials the um, the slowest ones to adopt this homeowners pop home home ownership ideals, right? Why is it that some of the um, bigger developments will not do a um, an agreement with someone like us, a, a minority um, real estate developer, right? Uh, so I'll give you for instance, um, Star Metals may have 2,000 apartments in there and they, they're uh, leasing those out to a company called, I, I won't mention a company, but it will not be for a company like ours. Mm -hmm. uh, so we want to have some equitable discussions about, hey, what's, what's the driver of that? Why is it that we see um, corporations and even individuals not necessarily thinking we're um, educating them in a way that 
earns their business. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in a in a tangible way. So, my uh, my work is is really to educate as well as to dispel any myths about those uh, agents in our office that really do solid work, do uh, very uh, substantial work in that getting. It, it's a it's a major undertaking to get someone in a with their uh, credit score into a home into the price point they want um, based on the commute and that kind of thing and and all those pieces have to um, have to work together seamlessly um, mm -hmm. and and our, our in our space we have to be able to do that and it's it's a uh, it's it's not a small task, but what we do is we we do it with integrity and we do it educating the clients along the way. Mm, that's wonderful. You know, also what I've noticed is that um, in the Airbnbs, not necessarily that they want to be renting in different locations because after a while, certain certain apartment buildings no longer want to rent to um, you know to certain individuals or certain situations that are Airbnb, right? And so it's also interesting to see that these apartments are no longer co-ops or condos or any of that nature that gives you those kind of options. So that's, you know, that's an interesting um, area to, to take, taking a look at. Also, um, how are you, um, how are you push? How are you getting the message that it is still important in the middle of COVID to own a house? In the middle of COVID, yes. COVID, if it if it's if it's taught us anything at all, it's taught us about the disparities based on race, based on gender, based on class, and, and based on economics. So having a a real discussion about, and you, and even been able to, kids been able to do their schoolwork at home is, is I've seen stories, people at Burger King on their cell, kids on Burger King on a cell phone a, a year ago, yeah. having to do their homework on their parents' cell phone in the parking lot at a Burger King. Yeah. They did not have um, Wi-Fi at home. Mm -hmm. So those, those, are the, those are the stories, those are the real tangible um, areas in which we can really make a difference, right, in terms of what these people, uh, where they are, meet them where they are, that's what we do, meet them wherever they are. And, and we're, sometimes the plan takes a year, it takes two mm -hmm. years. So you are long-term, this is really about what I'm hearing is that it's really about like helping the community, taking someone for, you know, like the example that you're giving me of someone who's doing the homework in the car with the child to, hey, you know, let us show you what it is to get out of this situation and into something that belongs to you. Is, is, is that correct? Absolutely. So we, 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 we wanna not, um, alienate people from where where they are but have a real conversation this is where we are right and here's where we can go 
and this these are the resources available to get you there that's my job and and oftentimes we see realtors we see developers on on the social media is taking pictures in front of the just so that's that's all fine but that's not the work i like i'm most excited about that's not what gets me out of bed in the morning these are the kinds of things that get me out of bed in the morning why is it that so many are not being able to live the american dream to have their own home i do something called facts friday where i post what rents are where rents are, say they're paying 800 a month in rent. Mm -hmm. And I, I put it right out there on, on my social feeds, what that looks like in a year, what that looks like in five years. And mm -hmm. some of the comments I get, it's like, wow, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I don't want to, again, alienate anybody or make them be belittled, but I want to uh, educate you on the facts. These are the facts. You're paying 800 a month for this place, right? That's, that's good. Um, how about you save your tax returns for the next three years? Don't touch it, and that's your down payment. Just keep paying you 800 a month. And then in three years, we got a plan for you to get out of this, off of this hamster wheel. Um, but I need your help. I, I, I honestly need your help. I can, I can put the plan in place, but I'm gonna need your help to execute it. Every, other, every cent you, you get, that you think you can store away for a 5% down, 5% down on a $150,000 house, that's a tax return, perhaps. That's just one tax return. You might not even have to do two years um, if that's what you want. And then it's my job, then I can go to work on 150 because I can find you a decent place. It might be in East Point, it might be outside of the perimeter, but it's a well-kept area in my knowledge of where to put you in so that you have 150 but you have to get in where you get in don't be um disturbed by people living on the belt line because you get in at 150 guess what in three years that 150 is 250 you got a hundred thousand dollars what you what you've already paid in equity so that you take that hundred thousand now, yeah, you got hundred thousand dollars, five hundred k. That that's that's five five percent. Okay. You know, I see where you're going with this. And so then maybe how about like, have you ever thought about that now the American dream might look different to everyone? Yeah, I think say that again, Catherine that the American dream might not, you know, might look different to, to many of us now, you know, yeah. especially with COVID, yeah. Yeah. it yeah. did show, it, you know, that this, this is not exactly what we thought it was. Exactly. The, the, this, the discouragement is real. Um, the discouragement is real all over the place. And I think just my per personal perspective, the social media aspect and all in your face, 24 hour day feeds make, this unrealistic lives that we see posted all over the place. It's not, not helping some people um, in their current situations. Um, because because it, doesn't, it doesn't show, it doesn't show um, what it took to get there, right? The many years, the many jobs, right? Because I also feel that yeah. people should also write down every job they've ever had 
to that way they can start seeing um, that it does take one, you probably been building the skills to do whatever you're afraid of. Right. And two, yeah. that nothing happens overnight for you to be who you are today, to be, you know, having this conversation with you right here. It took a lot of work. Exactly. It took a lot of work for me to get here. I was 14 selling newspapers in the middle of the night. My shift started at 10. I got off at six in the morning. I think I may have made 75 bucks. Hmm. When did you feel you had success, right? So coming from selling newspapers at night, right? At 14, when did you feel right. like, I, I feel like I'm successful to you? And what is success to you? Uh, success, success is to me, um, and I have a tagline on my email. It's, it's, I think it's the byproduct. Success is the byproduct of doing that which is just in God's sight, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what do I mean by that, right? If I treat people justly in every interaction I have, the clerk at the grocery store, the agent in our office, the co-op agent that's being disrespectful, <laughs> if I do that right, I, I feel like I'm, I'm being the truest form of myself, uh, which is being a success. Um, not acquiescing to their behaviors because they may have had a bad day or they may have a whole set of circumstances that I have no idea about, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and to answer your second question, I don't, I don't think I've reached success yet. I, I don't think I, I'm necessarily successful yet, you know? Yes, yeah, so we have a number of people who've helped get in their homes first time crying at the closing table. We've had that. We, um, real life, deep conversations like Michael, you, you, you came in and you really steadied the ship. I was just out of a divorce and my husband's name was on the title and we had to get his name off and you helped with that. You pointed me in the right direction. And real life issues. It, it, it's almost like therapy. It's it's real right. life situations on basically and how can we keep moving forward as a people. Absolutely. That's my job. That's my job. How do we move this thing forward? Because believe it or not, in these transactions, there's some the water gets murky. Gets murky. <laughs> you, you ain't telling me nothing. Okay. Hey. Okay. Close the attorney, not answer your call. Can't get the uh, co-op agent on the line. The appraisal came in 30K less than what we're under contract. I mean, it gets murky. Mm -hmm. And someone that is committed to this process to steady the ship, that's that's where I come in at. And I have to reel them back in. Hey, remember when we started this three years ago? You saved in tax returns. This is what we're saving for mm -hmm. to get you to where we're trying to get you to go, right? So. Yeah. Let me handle the T's, crossing the T's and dotting the I's. You just stay, stay committed to this process and we'll get there. And mm -hmm. I have never had a mm -hmm. deal not closed, never. All right, so I, I'm, I'm, what I'm learning from you so far is that what makes Exit Realty outside of the rest, you know, stand out from the rest is that mm -hmm. commitment to helping you move forward in what, however you want to move forward. 
Absolutely. Um, and, and, and taking, right, it's a long-term approach, planning and strategy to get there. Absolutely. And we're solely about the people, the, the people in our office, the people we serve. That's what we're about, the people. I tell people all the time in the transaction, oh, Mike, I'm sorry. I want to see a house in Decatur. I want to see in Douglasville. Then I want to see Covington. Then I want to see McDonald. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to say, stop, 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 stop. This ain't about me. This is about you. Where's the house you want to live in? Let's go find it, period. Let's, let's, let's remove me from the equation. If I send you something you want to see, if it's in Georgia, we're going to see it, period. <laughs> it could be in Savannah. We're going to see it, all right? And, oh. and so we love on people and love them and love them and love on people at our office, and that's what we're about. That's that's beautiful, Michael. So I see that you're about the people, right? So what about you? What do you do to take care of yourself? How do you pour into you? Oh yeah, I have to exercise every day. After you know midday, I get a get me a two mile run, you know, more sometimes, and it, it balances it out. You know what I mean? You have to find your happy place uh, outside of work. And I tell my agents all the time, what's your happy place? Have you been there to your happy place? Don't seem like it. <laughs> so we have some fun around that. Some of the, some of the agents that I, that I talk to, I some like agents, find your happy place. It don't look like you found your happy place. Well, I, you know, I don't have it. I don't have a date on, on Valentine's Day. I mean, that, ain't, that ain't what it's about. Find your happy. And then it, that, all of that other stuff will, will find itself, yeah. will work itself. But I, I feel like um, I had a therapist tell me one time that um, when you start noticing that something makes you smile, you know, stop, realize what that is, and then figure out how to incorporate that into your life. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I thought I wanted to do in college. I wanted to hang my own shingle and, and be a, a therapist, but I enjoy this so much more, so much more because I could tangibly see the reward in the, in the work that we put in every single day. Uh, it's, you know, people don't see some, some people don't see we're on our, these, these ages, they're on their laptops sometimes 10, 11 o'clock at night. You don't even see it. But you see some of the posts and, and they, at the table, you know, they, they put in some work to get there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They put in some work to get there. That's beautiful. So what, what do you think that your agents would say about you? What do you think um, behind closed doors? What do you feel, right? Not think, but what do you feel right. they say about you? I, I hope they would say that he's, I'm just a genuine guy. If you ask me a question, you're going to get the honest answer from me. I'll I put it in a way that it's not offensive, but it'll be accurate as, mm -hmm. as I see it. And, and in a way that's not belittling or demoralizing, some, something that you can, you can learn from, if, if, if that makes sense. So if you come, um, come to me with something or, or the ideals, who am I? That guy's just, he's just genuine, authentic guy. He's just authentic guy. He's not, he's not mm -hmm. any more or any less. It's just who he is, you know? Mm -hmm. Got his scrapes and bruises, but he's still a genuine, genuine guy. That's amazing. So how do you pick, um, uh, like, how do you choose your agents? What is the qualifications they need to have besides 
a real estate license. We ask them, we ask them some questions. Hey, what's, what's your why? What's your why? Why, why, why you want to be an agent? Mm -hmm. I know the checks are pretty good, but, but outside of that, why? So we, we assess their, their why. And because when, when these transactions get fall off the rails, we have to reel them back in and say, hey, if, if you know your why, you can endure anyhow. So that's where we start. We start okay. the conversation like that. And oftentimes agents, they, they may, may, may want to go with some of the bigger firms and that's fine, but we still love on the people that we, that we have in our organization. And in turn, they love on the clients that they have. And, and, and we call ourselves a family because we really, we really embody that. Hey, our, our team calls, first team call was yesterday. And we just talked about, hey, you, I sent them a, a video of, of Kobe Bryant, his mentality. And we talked about that video about Kobe, how, how does he approach things? He approached things with rationale. And what did you get from that uh, video uh, that Kobe did? Um, what what's some of the takeaways that you got? And we talked real stuff. And she, yeah. she said, quite honestly, she said, you know what? Kobe taught me a very uh, powerful lesson. He said, well, he, he studied the greats. He didn't just watch the game. He studied the greats. Mm -hmm. And I could do that in my career and find a path to be successful just like he. I said, that's that's a good takeaway. I, I took away something different. And we have some real life, genuine conversations. What do you take around. away? What do you take um, away from Kobe? Um, I took away, he, he approached things with rationale. He, he talked about shooting five air balls coming from high school to playing in the NBA. He shot five air balls and said, okay, why did that happen? Oh, okay. We played 36 games in high school. We played 82. I ain't in shape. I ain't in the best shape I could be in. Let me fix my work ethic. I fixed my work ethic. These air balls won't happen. So it taught me, okay, approach you. Approach your dilemmas with rationale, not with emotion, not with any kind of finger pointing, just with rationale. If you approach them that way, you can find a solution easier than than the um, than the latter, just being mad about something. You know what I mean? You're mad mm -hmm. at yourself. You say, get over yourself. Get over mm -hmm. yourself and just think about how to fix it, not why it happened. You know? Yeah. It sounds to me like um, a lot what I saw with Kobe was about accountability. So where he felt that there was a weakness, he then strengthened. He didn't rely on anybody else. He didn't outsource his weakness to something else. He put in the work. So Absolutely. it was accountability that I'm, I'm responsible for me. Only I can make me better. It's on right. me to make it happen. Absolutely. He talked about how to, he said, okay. Guys practicing at 10 and at one and at three. I said, okay. He said, I'm gonna practice at four, two hours. Then I'm gonna practice, I'm gonna eat breakfast and I'm gonna practice at six for two hours or 6.30. Then I'm gonna practice at eight for two hours. And then I'm gonna practice at 11.30 for two hours. By the time these guys in a year, there's no way they, their skills can can keep up because they haven't put in the work. I've worked twice as hard as they have for an entire year. 
there's no way your skills can keep up. So, so again, he approached you with a rationale. How to get there? Mm -hmm. Okay, I just got, I can't, I can't sleep to 10. I can't sleep to 9. I got to, mm -hmm. if it's your shoot around at 4 in the morning, mm -hmm. shoot around, take, take a, a shower, eat some breakfast, go and take a, spend some time with his family. He talked about specific things that he did, he does that, to get better. And, and I, I love listening mm. to successful people like Kobe, uh, uh, Bishop Jakes, Oprah Winfrey, Denzel Washington, those kinds. You get practical things that you can really use in your career. No, I'm not an actor, but I can use some of Denzel's techniques to, Absolutely. you know? So, um, what do you think is um, what? What have you? What? What are you applying from Kobe's um, mentality, Mamba mentality? Oh man, so 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 much. One of his lines is said, "I don't want." to retire and feel like I didn't give it all that I had. Starting as a realtor, starting in corporate America, got my undergrad, got my MBA, thought I wanted to be a therapist. Now I'm running my own real estate. I don't want to retire and feel like, hey, I didn't, I didn't, I just coasted on this thing. I didn't, I didn't give, I didn't give it all I had. I know I had more to give, but I didn't give it. I don't want that. He said that flat out. I don't want that. And that's, that's, that's my thing. That's, I even posted that little phrase on my social media back last year when I heard it, mm -hmm. two years, whenever I heard it first. But that's, that's what the biggest takeaway um, right. Whatever the space I'm in, whatever the lane I'm in, mm -hmm. I want to be able to give it everything. That like leave deserves. everything on the court basically. It's like, don't ever feel like you still have more to give. Just leave it all on the court. So, um, what, 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 what was the inspiration behind um, the name Exit Realty? Say that again, uh, Catherine. I, I don't what was um, what was the inspiration behind um, the name of your company, Exit? Um, Exit is 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 the freest advertised word in the world. Mm. If you look around where you are now, you might probably can see an exit sign somewhere. Mm -hmm. okay. You probably see two, 300 a day and don't even realize it. Mm. So, it's so it's free advertising. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, but Absolutely. then it also relates, it also relates to you know, your vision and your goal of helping people exit out of certain situations into their new reality. Absolutely. And agents that are, are, are with other firms, we have some components that really speak to their retirement. And I often ask them, what's your exit strategy? I don't want to get in your business. You don't have to tell me the details. What's your exit strategy? We have one in our organization. I could tell you about it if you want, but... Uh, yeah, I want to know yes, what's your exit strategy. I, I feel people don't talk about an exit strategy. Everybody, you know, in the entrepreneurial 
world, um, fantasy world. It's um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm gonna build this company, and then um, they they feel or think that the exit strategy is someone's gonna come by for millions of dollars. But you know, sometimes right. you have to figure out, you know, are you working in your business, on your business? How long are you gonna stay? And go ahead. I want to hear you. What Yes. What does that look like? I I am uh, showing a client a house over in Buckhead, and this agent she had to be eighty something years old, and she was with one of the other firms, I think, uh, one of the bigger firms. And I was thinking, man, no one ever asked her. No one ever asked her. Probably when she got mm. licensed, probably at thirty years old, fifty years ago. Mm. What's your exit strategy? She had a hard time getting into the house. Mm. Um, so it's it's a it's it's more than selling a house to me. It's a service that I love to provide for clients and agents alike, such that we got your exit strategy in full view at all times, and we, we talk openly about it. Um, if you don't have one, that's perfectly fine. How does it go? I want to hear one of, like what how's the, the exit strategy go? So so what we do is um, every agent, if you sponsor an agent into an exit office anywhere in the world, and Catherine, I sponsored Catherine in Colorado. She's going out to Colorado and she's getting her license and she's gonna do well out there, right? Mm -hmm. So I sponsor an office in Colorado. Every time you close a transaction, it's 10% of that transaction from Exit Corp International will come back to that person that sponsored Catherine, right? Okay, not from Catherine's commission, from Exit Corp International, right? Mm -hmm. So what that does is that allows you to start building up some retirement. It's retirement. Um, and then if you were to go part-time, and that 10% becomes 7%. So you can still not be actively in real estate and started writing a book. And you needed two years off to write it. It's still going to be something you have 10%, uh, 7%. Say you want to retire or pass away, that all of that uh, residual income that you built up, it's passed on to your children and a trust. So you're also assisting with building generational wealth absolutely absolutely why not when the, the home is the biggest purchase you ever <laughs> how many times have you seen uh, the grandma pass away and the house is just left and, and nothing is you know mm -hmm. the children the aunts the uncles the, the house is just you know, it's on courthouse steps or something like that. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's really uh, a real life situation happened in my family. My grandmother passed away and now there's a fence around her house. Uh, mm -hmm. Not sure what the odds, and I was 14. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure what happened, but it's a real life situation that's happening every day when our aging parents pass away. What is being done? What is what is what systems are being put in place so this is not happening to that the grandchildren, right? Uh, that really could have some kind of footing, a place to call home.
if I want to come back to Chattanooga, I have to get a hotel room. I don't have a, a place, a, a family home here. And that's, that's something that I don't want for my children. I don't, I don't want that you know that's great marketing right there family home you know that that is a commercial right there that's a freebie for you <laughs> yeah you know that's <laughs> you need, that is a good one right there that that's a great marketing right there you know um just really showing what aspects of um of what really motivates you to 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 do this work you know what i mean to leave it all on the court i feel like it's about telling that story you see that i understand you see because i even though we're closer in age i really am not um looking to purchase a home i want a whole compound you know what i mean like that's where i'm at with it you know what i mean mm -hmm. um you know i know some other individuals that they want their home to provide different things. They wanted to also be a studio. They also wanted to be a podcast. They also wanted to be their space. You know what I mean? So it's like now with this new way of living, right? Where we're work from home or work remote or, you know, we're digital nomads, you know, what is going to incentivize us or, or, or pull on our heartstrings to wanna, um, have roots or have a family home you know i think telling that story that's a very powerful story yeah absolutely absolutely i and and again meeting people where they are if if that's their um, position right um they want a studio and and then i love it because that means the client has a vision, right? Now it's my job, and that's when I just get so excited. My eyes light up, my face, I just get smiling. But now I just gotta go out and find it. And if it's out there, I tell them, if it's out there, I'm gonna find it. If it's out there, I'm gonna find it, and you're gonna be crying at the table before you know it. <laughs> and uh, that's that's just the that's just the Do you energy find that I get. Yeah. Okay. Do you find that people are coming to you wanting to um, purchase land or more so just um, purchase property or it's it's a, a combination of both? People that are being strategic do want to purchase land um, because Atlanta is very dense and density is an issue for Atlanta, which means there's not a lot of land. So you see things going more vertical and you see homes with a apartment behind the home and above the garage but you see all that all the time because we have a density issue right now so right. knowing that we have a density issue in in our um in our real estate market people are purchasing land especially anywhere to inside the 285 right even just slightly outside 285 land is is really being gobbled up gobbled up because you can't go wide as much as you used to um, when they're because things are being built on. So now people are going more vertical, and uh, I'm seeing that all the time, all the time. And I think it's 11 days on the market. Most most properties once they come on, they're 11 days and they're gone. Mm. How far are people willing to go outside the perimeter? You you feel? Um, You'd be surprised. I was in Covington last weekend, and it's just bulldozers, tractors. It's a, what? It's an hour outside of the city, mm. and there is so much development out there. It's un, 
three of them, Covington, Conyers, um, Milton. These places are an hour from the city and they are really development hotbeds. So it's no real outside the perimeter because we're in a virtual space now. And my projection, I don't have the crystal ball is, this virtual thing may last for two to five years where, hey, corporations might have to rethink how they how they do things. They're exploring 200 companies right now exploring a four-day work week on a trial basis. Mm -hmm. That's 200 companies in a trial right now exploring a four-day work week. Mm -hmm. That four-day work is probably gonna be three days. Come in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm -hmm work from home Monday and Friday. Mm -hmm. um, so these flex, these flex work opportunities are really gonna be, um, are really gonna be commonplace. Because okay. they found that you get 40% more productivity for people that's working from home than you did in the office. Because they remove the hour commute time, remove the hour at lunch. That's two hours right there. Yeah, and on top of that, you remove all the microaggressions that are going on in the office. Nobody has Absolutely. to put on a show for no one, no one anymore. All of this office politics, all of that's out the window. We're talking about the work now, not what I got on, not whether my, not whether I shave, not whether I brush my teeth or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I the shower now, we just talk about my work. You feel me? Do I look okay from the top up? All right, let's get to it. Right, right. Did you get the email, the spreadsheet? Okay. Did you have any questions? We're moving into the work. The work is front and center right now. A lot of corporations, all of them. So much so, they estimate about 40% more productivity is happening in corporations right now. Mm. You know, I've, that is a huge number. I've also been noticing, you know, there's a, there's a market I feel that um, certain real estate agents uh, kind of miss, and that is in the creative field. You know, I see actually creatives, um, the Chase Village, which is out by Serenby, they just purchased... Um, 70 acres and building mm -hmm. out a whole creative colony. You know what I mean? And that's just right. because no one's tending to that need of what a creative really truly needs, who actually, you know, I feel like is still why this world is still put together, in my personal opinion. Absolutely. And those people like me that think like that creatives are, are uh, our focus is not in that space right now since I'm running the office and doing this kind of, yes, I have a developmental uh, perspective that I would like to bring some of these cutting edge, we work type um, collaborative spaces that's right downstairs from your, from these, some of these people's properties, right? Or, um, um, that people can really come in and really create. There's one off of Kirkwood uh, that development that's going in over there, over in Kirkwood, that they're they're encouraging people. Of course, these creative spaces are for lease, so it's a real economic windfall for the developers, but they're trying to address that in that in that project. I was at the groundbreaking two years ago. Wow. So they may already have buildings up now. Mm, okay. All right, so tell me, what is um, what is the legacy Mr. Michael wants to leave behind? 
Oh, I, I, um, I have a few things that I, I, I'd like to leave, and one of one of which is I don't want the the, the grandparents' home issue to, to happen to my child, my two children. Mm-hmm. That's that's not something we're interested in. <laughs> that's not something we're interested in. So, um, the legacy is that if if, if we have a office of creative thoughtful people that are really embodying what our office stands for we will have a generation of people that no matter where they are if they're creatives if they want to airbnb if they wherever they are we have really addressed their needs in a tangible way that says you know what i'm glad our paths crossed mm-hmm. i uh, often tell people this big old world call and this big old and this thing called life i'm glad our paths cross mm. so that's that's what the legacy i want i want to leave to people to say you know you're a little you're a little outside the box thinking but i'm glad our paths cross up mm. that, that you made it some type of impact some way somehow Absolutely. it's a it's a beautiful legacy i i feel to leave behind. A lot of people sometimes want to leave things behind, but it's really what, right, it's it's the impact. It's how you made someone feel or how you inspired someone or just that little nudge might have created a whole company, you know, a whole Fortune 1000, Fortune 1500 company. Yeah, because that's more impactful, right? Because putting something on them, oh, that thing might be out of style, but if you put it in them, Mm. then Guys, the women on there. Oh, Michael, preach. Okay. They, they might, they they might just be president or something. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just simple that. Yeah, you might have some a few dollars in the bank, but if you got something in you, mm. you can have a million in the bank. You know, mm. and and you channel that in a way that's something that you want to do because i love 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 what i do love it absolutely love Mm. Um, if you find something you love what you do and you got something in you driving you to do it and do it with passion and conviction and with purpose there's no telling what you can be i love it all right so give us a drop a piece of gem you know what i'm saying that you know, someone who is an entrepreneur right now, you know, in the middle of um, this 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 uh, current world situation, what would you say to them that um, that can give them that light to start to get started or yeah, to continue I got, going? I got a. a- saying that I say all the time and some people honestly may may not like me for it but I say do the work mm. <laughs> all caps and it's three explanation marks do, do the work do the do, work just 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 do the work oh my god there's always gonna be challenges whether you're doing it for somebody else or doing it for yourself there's gonna be obstacles so what you gotta figure out is you got to figure out it. Are you committed to it? Because nothing's going to happen without a commitment. Mm. If, you, if, you're not, if you're not committed, and I say do the work, you're going to be offended. Mm-hmm. If you're committed, 
But if you committed and I say do the work, you gonna be like, like, let's go. You're like, right. You're like, that, person, that person cut me off in traffic. It ain't even no big deal. I'm trying to get to this meeting. You know, mm. I gotta get there. So just, just do the work. Yeah. Do the work. When you're against it, just have that, have that mamba mentality. Do the work. Just do it. I don't, I don't care what what happened, what they said, what they wrote, what they thought. Do the work. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. This was an awesome, awesome discussion. Um, yeah, I like I like talking to you. Very, very creative. <laughs>